the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Thursday, everybody, and I want to welcome Elizabeth Robinson. And Elizabeth, you founded Volume PR, yes? Yes, ma'am. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? I need you to be a little extra peppy today because I'm extra dead. (laughs) I think I can take care of that. (laughs) I'm extra dead this morning because I had a Blackberry blackout last night, so... Oh, if technology breaks down, it kills us, doesn't it? It does. No matter how advanced it gets, it really gets you all the time. And then you have to deal with motor vehicle mentalities at Verizon and stuff like that, and it's very frustrating. You know, the more dependent we become, just the more it's just natural the way it goes. Absolutely. Well, we invited you on the show this morning because you wrote in to us and you said that you were, you know, extremely young when you started your PR firm, and now, like, you're the president of Denver. I know I'm exaggerating. There is no president. (laughs) But sort of. Thank you. We um, are the fastest-growing agency in the state, as we've been the fastest-growing, one of the fastest-growing small businesses um, for the past two years in a row. So, Well, no, it's something to be very proud of. What did you, what was your key to young achievement and accomplishment? You know, I think, well, when I, first of all, when I was in college, I went to uh, Pepperdine University in Southern California. And when I was in school, I had a very influential moment with uh, my college advisor who, after I delivered, you know, my final presentation, my senior project, she gave me a lower grade than some of my peers when there was absolutely no question that my work was incomparably better. So I stomped into her office the next day to, you know, see what on earth she must have been thinking. And her feedback as to why she had done that was what set me on the course that I and then subsequently Volume PR now follow today. And I think that's what really is one of our key differentiators and why we have the success we do. And what she told me is that she wasn't grading me by comparing me to my peers necessarily because she believed that my quote-unquote best was beyond that of what that definition would entail for my peers, that she was simply grading me at a higher standard. And I really took that feedback to heart, and that's why Volume PR's programs and outcomes often dwarf that of our competitors, and it's why we experience the type of growth that we, that we have. It's a, it's a preliminary aspect of actually questioning authority, though, isn't it? You know, I think that having confidence in yourself and always seeking to, uh, you know, if someone gives you negative feedback or if you don't understand a situation, never remaining silent is important. Uh, Always seeking to understand so that you can learn and grow from that is is essential. Well, Pepperdine is a great school. What did you major in? I majored in organizational communications with a minor emphasis in business administration, and let me tell you, it was very rough living in Malibu all those years. Yeah, I would imagine. And I'm about, you know, six miles up on Canaan. It's very, that's even tough. Uh, I lived at the corner of Canaan and PCH for, for a while. So uh, then, you, then you know it well, uh, but it's an <laughs> yes. excellent school. Did you grow up in Southern California? Yeah, I grew up in Northern California, out in farming country, way north of Sacramento, where most people uh, think Oregon is, but there's actually quite a bit of California left up there, and, uh, and I grew up out in the country. Okay, and now you're in Denver. You like it there. Obviously, you're doing well. Have you, is that where you started Volume PR? 
It is. Um, I first moved to Denver to take a position with Alexander Ogilvy. They were the technology infrastructure division of Ogilvy Public Relations and uh, left there in 2001, May of 2001, to begin volume PR because I saw a, a true need in the in the PR industry. Naturally, 2000, 2001, we all know what was happening then was this you know, tremendous tech bubble burst. Right. And what we were seeing is, you know, we had clients that, and, and, and this was the case for, for most companies, not just in technology, the first thing that they would cut when they were, you know, needing to adjust their budgets or when, you know, business was starting to slow, the first thing always to go was PR. And it seems so counterintuitive to me because public relations is what is designed to grow your business. And I think that the, the, the chief reason that PR was so quick to be the first thing on the chopping block is because executives could not connect the PR programs to lead generation or to ROI, to an impact on the bottom line. And I enjoyed tremendously working with startups, so began the agency to be able to deliver PR that really had a more identifiable impact on the bottom line um, and really started by working with startup organizations and simply have, have taken that philosophy, if you will, and now more for we represent, we represent clients of, of all sizes today. But still with that, that guiding hard. principle. It's smart, and I think that there's a lot of edu- organizations that have to be educated about quantitative value of PR. One of the things that you know a lot of agencies do is they equate the you know, the return on, you know, the cost per thousand based on advertising formulas. And I found that to be very helpful in educating people when I show them a rate card for New York Times and they get to see that they probably got $250,000 worth of value in an editorial. Yeah, I think that that's, that's one way to approach it, but there are so many other ways to look at truly determining the actual value of, of PR. One, one um, example is that we had a client recently that after securing one article in a trade journal that had a circulation of about 20 or 25,000 people, it had such an overwhelming impact on their business. The response was so overwhelming from prospective customers that they had to institute an entire new sales department. Now, we've had clients on 60 Minutes, on Good Morning America, um, in the Wall Street Journal, um, New York Times, but this was a very small trade journal in the oil and gas industry. But the fact of the matter is that it was in front of their decision-making customer. And that is what I think is really most important and why sometimes the advertising scale doesn't necessarily work today is because what would it cost to advertise in that publication as, a, as opposed to what it would cost for them to, uh, to advertise in the journal, but yet the outcomes are you know, indescribably different because oh, yeah. sure, it's not reaching I mean. their exact decision-maker. Well, you know, that's why in the world of advertising and branding, there are many different facets of marketing, and they should all be working together rather than separately. So, you know, to your point, you know, I think that, you know, there's one way to quantitatively measure it, and certainly getting direct communication to constituencies in a certain business is just as impactful. I think that's understood, and it's also how well, you know, what are their mailing lists? What are their database like? So that they can mail it out and even get more impact. That's something we discuss with clients a lot is that when the story happens, that's just one instance, one moment in time, and it's about what you do with the coverage after that that, that is 
so essential to its being able to experience its full impact. We had a client that's now in the just in the uh, the June issue of Prevention Magazine, which came out yesterday, and their franchise across the country. And we're talking about. So this article has come out, but it's not just that you have this article in this one moment, but you need to frame this, have it up in, in every center across the country, how to leverage it on the homepage of your website, et cetera, and then explaining to them what the PR team will do to use the validation that we've garnered, if you will, by having coverage in a publication of that magnitude as we work with more vertical industry press. All right, it's always a combination of many, many messages. How about SEO? Do you proactively work with your clients on SEO? Well, I think SEO, search engine optimization, is essential in today's world when we're talking about press releases and anything, blog postings, anything that's going out there into the Internet. Um, one of our clients we did a release for in January. They are a company that does um, peer advisory boards, and they have an annual survey uh, of of um, small business owners. You know, in January, there was a lot of discussion about the the economy and what were small businesses experiencing in this economic climate, et cetera. And through the use of specific search, uh, through search engine optimization and inserting specific keywords into the press release, they experienced, when you searched the headline of their release on, on Google, um, there, it was picked up in over 15,000 locations. And, you know, the results were just in, incomparable, um, you know, to what we could have expected had we not seeded and, and peppered the release with some of those essential key terms that were responsible for it being picked up in so many places. Very important, but there's a lot of clients that don't realize that oh, many, many, many public relations practitioners today can be very impactful and helpful in terms of maximization and optimization. It's um, something that really didn't exist you know, it's, 10 to 20 years true. ago. So it's, uh, it's, it's a very, very important element, and I'm glad to hear that you proactively advise in that arena and you, and you realize about keywords and all of that kind of stuff. Um, let me ask you a question. In terms of new business, the economy's soft, and I know that you're doing extremely, extremely well. You know, what, share with our listeners, you know, what you do to, for business development. What's some of the things that you do? Do you have people that are proactively searching for RFPs? Obviously, I think that you're hot in word of mouth. But mm-hmm. what other suggestions might you have? You know, that's, that's a very good question. You know, first, you mentioned RFPs. And, and you know, frankly, we don't participate in the RFP process very much because simply the true way that our business has grown over the years and um, is simply because we field so many quality and unsolicited inquiries. Um, whether those are from referrals and recommendations from clients. But most recently, we had a recommendation come from uh, from a reporter at a technology publication. Um, he was recently interviewing a company, and the executives from the company that he was interviewing, it was at a smaller trade journal, said, hey, can you recommend me to a PR agency? And he sent them directly to Volume PR, noting, and in his email to us, he noted that the reason he was referring them to us is because we were, quote, unquote, effective and not annoying. And, you know, I think that, you know, that certainly we in, we enjoy those types of leads, but that's the stuff that good agencies are made of. You know, people that know how to work with the, the press in order to be effective, in order to be a source for them, and to do so, you know, in a way where we have to be very, very persistent 
but to be persistent but not um, a pest or annoying is really a challenge. So a challenging balance for sure. Well, listen, we have to take a commercial break. Will you stay with us for the next commercial and talk to us a little more? Of course. Okay, uh, thank you, Elizabeth. News. 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 Opinion. News. Opinion. News. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Did you do your homework today? Relationship Homework is a program about working with others in the home and in the workplace. Relationships with others are vital in getting work done. You'll learn guidance and reclaim the power to expand your capacity to take effective action in your relationships at home and at work. Each program will include a weekly homework assignment to take back and implement over the following week. Join host Udall DeOleo for Relationship Homework every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Elizabeth Robinson, founder of Volume PR. Welcome back, Elizabeth. Thank you, Cindy. And again, I'm sorry that my volume, my volume is kind of low today. My engineer just gave me crap saying, oh, my God, you sound like you're dead, but that's okay. <laughs> Blackberry hell. It was no partying. It was just Blackberry hell. <laughs> what, and, okay, so did you have a mentor? I know you talked about your teacher, 
But, you know, you're a young executive, a young successful executive. Aside from, you know, the encounter at Pepperdine, did you have any other mentors that really influenced you? I'd say absolutely, uh, absolutely yes to that. When I began the agency, Volume PR was founded, it'll be seven years ago actually today. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, when I did so, you know, there's no hiding the fact I was rather young. And But having come from um, the family of Ogilvy uh, public relations businesses, their executives are clearly brilliant individuals. And when I left the company and started, started the firm, I certainly kept in touch with some of the vice presidents and such that I worked with there. And um, a year two or three after I began Volume, uh, some of them, uh, two in particular, went and started their own firms as well. And as I do not have a partner but began the agency independently and have just grown our staff from that angle, um, they serve as kind of pseudo-partner mentors, if you will. Uh, running a business independently is something where you, you need to have someone to bounce ideas off to share frustrations to, you know, to uh, you know, discuss different ways to grow the business. Manage growth is really um, an, an essential element. So, there were a number of women at um, that started agencies out of after leaving Ogilvy as well that I uh, would consider mentors in that sense. But one other person I would have to have to mention was when I was um, about 22 years old and with Ogilvy. Uh, you know, you and I had spoken earlier about kind of any awkward professional moments mm-hmm. that perhaps I would have experienced mm-hmm. due to my young age. And and age very much was a, a fear or a concern for me as, you know, when I was 22, um, my clients, mind you, did not know what my age was. And, you know, I look a lot older than, than I am. And I, I remember very distinctly that I had to counsel the CEO of a very well-established high-technology company that had, he, he'd had a rather significant faux pas, if you would, in a press interview. I believe he, he had compared Oracle to the devil. Um, oh, which, yeah. you know, I love it when people do that. You know, something, I don't know exactly why, but I just know we're not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was my responsibility to go back and, and counsel him that, you know, how he needed to change his delivery of the company messages, knowing that here's a man in his late 40s, early 50s, myself being, you know, 22, I was very fearful of doing that. And one of my mentors at Ogilvy said to me, Elizabeth, your age is the white elephant in the room that only you can see. And I realized at that moment, especially after giving him my feedback, he was incredibly respectful and very excited to accept my counsel and and thankful and appreciative of that so that he could improve for the next interview. And I realized at that moment, you know, age isn't what matters. No one is seeing that except me. It is the wisdom of my counsel and the effectiveness of my work is all that counted then, and it's all that counts today. It's all that matters, period. Age is not what your uh, success or your ability is measured by. It is simply by the wisdom of the work and, and the effectiveness of the work that you do. Uh, and good instincts. Absolutely. Again, you you yes. need to have really, really great instincts. And actually, I think that the world is recognizing the value of people who might be in the echo boomer, echo boomer or a Gen Y. You know, I, I think that people are really um, beginning to recognize how much brighter this demographic group is than they may have been in the past because, you know, of Internet savvy and technology mm-hmm. savvy. And um, I learned very early on in my career 
too, that, you know, mentoring people and extrapolating brilliant information from young minds is only a benefit for great leaders. So, (laughs) you know... It's, uh, I think there's there's some challenges too. However, with kind of the Gen Y entering the workforce, we've we've worked with some uh, some clients that specifically train on integrating Gen Y into the workforce with with baby boomer bosses and such, if you will. And I think that you know, there is this this sharpness that they possess and an ability they have to be so fluent and so comfortable in technology in a way that that previous generations perhaps can't come to the table with as much speed, if you will. Um, but we really find is it that, you know, young PR professionals, those that are just graduating from school, just coming into the workforce, they're really rather unprepared when entering the fields of PR. Um, if I could give, you know, a couple of points of advice to anyone out there contemplating a field, uh, working in the field of public relations, if you're still, still in school, they really need to know that an internship is not something that is a nice-to-have. It is an absolute necessity, period. You cannot at- attempt to go into this field without having internships. Because the fact of the matter is that in co- colleges and the majority of colleges and universities today, our PR and, and MarCom students are being taught a lot of theory, uh, a lot of methodologies, uh, you know, a lot of you know, business background information, but they're really not told or taught how to do any of the work that we actually do in a public relations agency business every Isn't that sad? What do we do to change the way that educators think? I mean, every time I have an intern, they're telling me that they're learning about how advertising still exploits women. That's very 1960s. <laughs> yeah, they, they, we hear often, you know, they're learning how to write a, a press release, but it's not using search engine optimization methods. It's following the very archaic who, what, when, where, why, how, your headline, your subhead, your dateline, your boilerplate. Yeah, it, it, It's not in any way infusing the creativity and the critical thinking that is that is very much essential. Um, also, the, the, the bread and butter of what public relations does is, is work with the media, is develop media exposure for our clients. And that's something that in the university setting, uh, I, I've, I have yet to see an intern candidate or someone um, coming straight out of school that has had any experience um, or even knowledge. They don't even know what vision. They media. don't even know what decisions is. <laughs> oh yes, that that was another one of my points. <laughs> Please learn how to use the tools that that we use, and I think that that to students of of PR, one thing that they also need to have is kind of a healthy expectation of, as I enter the workforce, what should my expectations be about the the size of a position I can have, the caliber, the salary, things along those lines. Is Public relations agencies have to invest a tremendous amount of money into new hires because we have to train them how to use all the tools. As you mentioned, Cision, Focus, Factiva, LexisNexis, whatever they may be. But what we're seeing now is that we also have to teach them basic office practices, you know, to be careful to stay away from, you know, your friend's MySpace pages to, you know, to just how to interact in a business setting. And it's something that our universities, I think, are letting our students down. I agree uh, so wholeheartedly. So Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. I, you know, you and I have talked about this prior to the show, and uh, I, you know, I was astounded (laughs) um, 
last summer I was doing a gig for an agency. I, you know, I have to tell you, keep doing what you're doing because I made the mistake of being recruited for one of the big guys. And after being on my own for, you know, a good six years, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I went back on my own again. But what I saw in terms of these interns that were coming in, they were just my spacing all day. It's kind of like the old people used to play poker online. <laughs> Yeah, and and there's not a understanding of why that's why that's not okay either, and and it it is the employer's responsibility to and the agency's responsibility. Then, therefore, when we're when we're bringing new and junior folks into the firm, to really get to know where are they, what are their expectations, what are their understandings about what work, what is is appropriate for work and what isn't, because you know, certainly you need to just point their ship in the right direction. Typically, and they are their brilliant minds. You know, are 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 things that we absolutely need to have in our firms, and they are the types of folks that we want to be working with, and they can work exceptionally fast. Uh, but again, it's really just that they've not been taught. I think in most instances, uh, what is okay and what isn't okay. As you're multitasking, and I know able to do seven things at once, one of those things cannot be chatting with friends online and, you know, and things like that. But there's, there's so many things in, in business settings that um, you don't receive in a classic education, if you will. You know, how to eat at a formal dinner engagement. You know, I think back to, you know, as I was growing up, my family was um, friends with Tom Clancy, the author, and his family. And I remember having to attend uh, one of his wedding anniversary parties at which Colin Powell was going to be in attendance and, you know, a number of very impressive diplomats and such. And I remember my family sitting me down and with a fully formal place setting, you know, with a dessert fork at the top of the plate and something, you know, as a teenager, I'd never seen anything, anything like this. And then as I graduated and went on into the workforce, that was something that I very much needed to know and and to have kind of this background knowledge so that you have that comfort in those types of settings and confidence in, in yourself. And I think about how many of those situations I was in and, you know, with business dinners and, you know, as I mentioned earlier, working with, you know, very established CEOs of very well-known companies, um, you know, at a very early age. And had my family not taken it upon themselves to teach me that themselves, where else would I have learned that? Well, sometimes you have to kind of read about it. Some families aren't that generous in terms of their (laughs) passing on the baton. But listen, this was a great interview. We're going to have to wrap up. I'd love for you to come on the show again, and I'm really sorry about the volume being low. But again, thanks for Verizon for that. (laughs) It's my pleasure to participate, Cindy. Thank you so much. All right. You take care. Good luck. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rock and Roll Productions, we do everything. 
Except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakn-rollentertainment.com. The ability to wield power, shape the environment and the outcome, and the desire to make things happen are essential characteristics of all great leaders. Explore the essence of leadership from an insider's point of view on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, international coach, consultant, and advisor to leaders for over 20 years. Get the unvarnished, inside story on how leaders in the spotlight take the critical decisions that deliver exceptional, real-world results and why they sometimes spectacularly and publicly fail as well. Tune into Leadership Intuitions for a behind-the-scenes look at what gets great leaders up in the morning and what keeps them up at night. Go beyond the conventional advice about what great leaders are and what they do, and learn how to create your own personal legacy as a leader. Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio broadcasts each Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty's has just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Real Talk with Marcy Mason, a refreshing and charming talk radio show for all of you entertainment enthusiasts. Whether you're stargazing on Hollywood Boulevard or in the stands cheering for your favorite team, Real Talk is here to satisfy the curiosity of the dedicated lifestyle and entertainment enthusiasts by giving everyday people the information they crave about what's going on in their communities and the world around them. Don't miss Real Talk with Marcy Mason, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. In a culture obsessed with the perfect body, Men, women, and especially teens are constantly battling with body image and overlooking the one true thing that could set them free. Breaking Free with Sarah Maria is a timely talk radio show that will help you find a way to love your body and yourself just the way you are. Breaking Free will empower you to unleash your potential and create the life of your dreams. Tune in to Breaking Free with Sarah Maria every Thursday at noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel and start loving you for who you are. Did you do your homework today? Relationship Homework is a program about working with others in the home and in the workplace. Relationships with others are vital in getting work done. You'll learn guidance and reclaim the power to expand your capacity to take effective action in your relationships at home and at work. 
Each program will include a weekly homework assignment to take back and implement over the following week. Join host Udall DeOlio for Relationship Homework every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back, we're back, and this time with Adrian Lenoff Wise, president of Shazam PR Marketing. Welcome, Adrian, and I'm sorry that you didn't get to be on the last show. Oh, no problem. How are you, Cindy? I'm very sleepy today. Me too. Uh, um, no, but I really ha- I had a crisis last night, and PR executives like us shouldn't have these kinds of crises. I mean, this is like a techno-tard crisis, but and you know how we value our Blackberries and our synchronization to Outlook and all of that kind of stuff? Yep. You know, well, the jack, the charger jack on my Blackberry got messed up, and guess what? You can't, <laughs> you can't convert information Blackberry to Blackberry without that cord. So um, not having my server around to make sure that everything's saved and synchronized. Of course, I'm still in a panic, so that's why I didn't sleep last night. Oh, I can understand that completely. Communicators without communication devices. So oh, yeah. It's crazy. But, Adrian, listen, you wanted to come on the show last time, and I had a changeover, but Shazam is a fun name. How did you get into PR? You look like an experienced person that we could, you know, give all kinds of accolades to. Well, thanks. Thanks. I, um... I've been doing PR now for over 20 years, and I started my first company, actually, when I was a freshman in college. Wow. Your first PR company? or mm-hmm. Well, it was more word-of-mouth street marketing. Okay. And, and where did you go to school, Adrian? I did my undergrad at Boston University. Yay. Great school. You're a nor- Nor'easter. Okay. That's yeah. good. Okay. Fantastic. All right. So, that, so you started your own company while you were in school. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's very enterprising. What did you do? We we worked primarily with music and film companies. And you would go out to Fenway Park and you would hand out all kinds of stickers and samples and swag and all of that kind of stuff. We would we would do a lot of stuff on the college campuses. Okay. We were really we were doing listening parties on the college campuses. We were helping promote concerts. We were um handing out handing out swag. We were Promoting bands, promoting movies, helping with screenings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, that's a great. You really learned from the ground up because oh yeah, you started as a college market, a youth marketer, a viral yeah. marketer, a street marketer. You know, and now you were able to marry that with conventional PR. You really grew up in the field in a good time. Yeah, no, it was a great time. It was, you know, it was an interesting time because music has changed so much too over the last couple of years with technology. Yeah, no, it certainly has. But it sounds like from your, I'm reading your bio and. You know, it just seems that you've done everything you could to merge the two disciplines together from yesterday and today and try to make it into one package. And it's an advantage for you at Shazam because I think that a lot of the people that are competing with us out there, they either are a little older and don't have the tech savvy and street marketing savvy that you do, and some of the others are a little bit too young, and they think that MySpace marketing is the only way to communicate. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know. Exactly, they don't know how to complete that circle. 
uh, complete the circle or the sentence. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think it's problematic. I, I've noticed that so many people in the new marketplace, particularly in PR, it's like they're going back and forth with MySpace and talking to each other verbally while they're doing it internally at a PR firm. And I'm like, that's not really talking with your clients, you know? <laughs> no, no, it isn't. It isn't. And it's interesting. You know, we did our first, I did my first online campaign in 89. And it's been interesting because the internet really has become my sandbox. No, it's um, you grew up with it. Yeah, you know you're one of the you're. I think you know you're the, you're a gen you're a Gen Y type yeah. that grew up with it. So um, it, it's very it's very beneficial in public relations firms are technologically savvy and youth market savvy. So that's why Shazam is good, right? Exactly. Okay, I couldn't have said it better. Exactly. Are you still, okay? Where are you based? Where we're is, based? We're based in Detroit, and we're a member of Pinnacle Worldwide. Okay, yes, yeah, so I wanted to talk to you about that actually, because I saw that you have fabulous affiliations. So obviously, being the network queen, because I see that you're everything. You know, from the <laughs> Detroit, yes, Greater Detroit chapter of the National Association of Women Business Owners, and you know, and just all of these. You know, Public Relations Society of America, of course, International Association of Business Communicators, Adcraft Club, Detroit. I mean, what obviously you have found that these networking groups have helped you not only in a in a maximum optimization sense, but obviously you enjoy you enjoy this life. I, you know, yeah, I, I love what I do, and you know, it's it's one of those things too that. Um, for for traditional for traditional companies, um, my background um, when I first started Shazam was very unconventional. I mean, I came from 12 years on the business side of the music and film industry, and um, so being part of those networks, being part of those organizations, is a legitimizer that we've married some unconventional tactics that are used traditionally in music and film into traditional PR for for the brands that we work with. Well, and I, but again, it's like you're really ahead of the game in terms of networking. Are, and are you on LinkedIn? Yes. LinkedIn, okay. Plaxo, Zing, all of those pitch. all of those wonderful things. Very important part of life right now. Oh yeah. You know, very important part of the PR world. Well, like t- okay, tell me, share some of your favorite campaigns with us because it seems that you have a lot to talk about. We, you know, one of my favorite campaigns was for an energy drink um, that National Beverage put out a couple of years ago called Freak Energy, and um, it was just an incredible campaign. We ended up, we ended up um, starting a street marketing company to implement the product sampling for Freak. So we had, at one point, 160 um, product samplers out on the streets across America. Doing, doing sampling events for us, everything from, like, radio tie-ins to um, us just showing up, like, in front of the subway station in Washington, D.C., to um, campus parties, et cetera, et cetera. And with that, we married the online components of what we were doing. We set up, you know, the traditional MySpace page. We mobilized over, um, over 20,000 consumers 15,000 of which were armed with the distributor's phone number and were calling, having retailers call the distributors to get products on their shelves. And then we tied in with um, Beowulf um, when Beowulf came out and did a whole online sweepstakes and promotion with that. 
and then tied in with that, we um, partnered up with 50 of the largest haunted houses across the United States. And um, that's the product fun. Oh my gosh, it was that's it was a press incredible. Getter. That was, I mean, that was that touched um, that touched over 1.6 million um, consumers and allowed us to ride on the coattails of about six million in paid advertising. Well, no, it, it sounds like it sounds like a winner all around. Anything yeah, was, working with fun. fun. It was a great campaign, and then we did freak radio and we did freak music. So we had the band component of everything that we were doing. Um, it was just an awesome campaign. It just was a lot of fun. And then Fago, um, which is a sister company of Freak, it's owned by National Beverage also, was celebrating their 100-year anniversary last year. And so they approached us to do a bunch of community outreach and experiential events. And they're in, in Detroit. Detroit has the largest car cruise in the country. It's called the Woodward Dream Cruise. Mm-hmm. And over two million people come from all over the world for the Woodward Dream Cruise. So we decided that we were going to throw a birthday party for Fago, and we got um, Charm City Cakes, which is Ace of Cakes on the Food Network, to um, do two cakes for us, and they drove them from Baltimore to Detroit. And then we bought a bunch of other sheet cakes, and we served thirty thousand people cake. No, that's uh, it. Sounds good. It sounds like you integrate fun into everything that you do, public relations wise. You know? Oh, you have to. You have to. It's um, it's a fun, fun, fun business sometimes. But in the next segment, if you'll stay with us for another um, nine minutes or so, um, we could talk about some of the more challenging elements that you had to face in public relations that sometimes aren't that fun. You know, overcoming obstacles, some crises yep. that we face, and all kinds of stuff like that. So. If um, if everybody can stay tuned, we'll be back with Adrian Lenoff Wise in a couple of minutes. Thanks. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll free right now at one eight six six. 472 5787 Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. 
all know that somebody. They are always in a great mood, always smiling, always getting exactly what they want. What if that somebody could be you? Let Andrea with an I help you find your personal bliss every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel. Explore the endless possibilities of using the law of attraction through faith, trust, and support. Tune in Wednesdays to Ask Andrea, the law of attraction in action on the Voice America channel. In a culture obsessed with the perfect body, men, women, and especially teens are constantly battling with body image and overlooking the one true thing that could set them free. Breaking Free with Sarah Maria is a timely talk radio show that will help you find a way to love your body and yourself just the way you are. Breaking Free will empower you to unleash your potential and create the life of your dreams. Tune in to Breaking Free with Sarah Maria every Thursday at noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel and start loving you for who you are. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more Stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, good morning. Happy May 1st. We're back and um, we're talking to Adrian Lenoff-Wise, President Shazam PR Marketing. Welcome back. Hi, thanks. Hi. Okay, so we were talking about all the wonderful things and spooky house press tours and all of that kind of stuff, but it isn't so much fun when a client calls you and they put um, a sock in their mouth, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, any experiences that you can share or want to share or even that you've observed that you love to analyze? Sure, sure. Um, you know, there's... there's um, you know, obviously, obviously a lot of times clients are coming to us and they want us to do everything within our power to get them in front of the media. And then there's those calls where they're saying, do everything you can to get us out of the media. Yeah. And um, it takes, it's almost harder to get a story out of the media than it is to get it in, isn't it? Yeah, it's much, it's much harder. It's, it's much harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but, you know, generally what I guess, breaks us apart and that people sometimes don't recognize about PR professionals is we're the seekers for truth. If we yeah. seek to the truth in our internal communications with our clients, we can help them share the truth with the world. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, the biggest thing, you know, that I, that I always advise our clients is, you know, take ownership of it. You need to take ownership of it. If you try to hide behind it, it's going to create more controversy. And you're going to have reporters that are going to want to dig, and they're going to keep digging, so it's better to be straight with the reporters. Yeah. No, sometimes it's hard for clients to understand that, but um, I think that crisis communications, for those of us that know how to handle it, is becoming you know, a very, very, very valuable um, discipline in this public relations marketplace. I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, the, the other side of it, too, is sometimes you have to, you have to learn to let go also with it, we had um, we had a client recently that um, some bloggers latched on to and, and were saying some things that weren't very complimentary about a, a client of ours. And, you know, especially with bloggers, which is, you know, non-traditional media outlet that's fastly becoming mainstream, 
because, you know, almost every blogger considers themselves an armchair journalist. Yeah, they do. You know, you can't, you, you can't control that. I mean, as much as you, as much as you want to. Um, and the more you go in and the more you try to protest, the, the bigger the problem becomes. Right. Well, you know, the old rule of thumb is, is if somebody's really beneath you, don't bring them up to your platform. Exactly. Um, and I think that in the blogging community, whereas they can be very, very influential, it feeds off of reaction and response. So you're just really adding, you know, a fan to the fire. Exactly, exactly. So we, you know, our advice to our client was, you know, we'll try to reach out to the to the blogger in particular that was creating this problem offline because we weren't going to fan the flames online. Right. And the blogger, for all their puff and all their pomp and circumstance online, refused to have a discussion with us offline. Yep, that's odds behind the curtain, huh? Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, our advice to the client, ignore it. Well, you know, also, it's you know, that is so great because you kind of brought the horse to water. You're challenging a blogger to have a dialogue, and the blogger doesn't want to have an offline dialogue. Then you could tell other conventional press that, God, this blogger isn't relevant, talks, 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 but doesn't want to have an offline conversation. Exactly. So that takes away from the blogger's credibility. Exactly. Love it exactly. when that happens. Exactly. But I found, you know, I mean, we, you know, we have... Um, we have quite a few um, healthcare clients, um, and obviously, health healthcare brings with it some controversy. We have another client who's involved with children's services, and um, the best the best thing that we were able to do for those clients was bring the media in and have roundtables with them and one on ones, and talk with them about what was going on from the crisis standpoint. Well, it's a big, you know what? It's uh, you had a big deal. They had. A- that you had to coordinate there. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, you know, and it and it worked, and it, you know, took our client out of the limelight and put the limelight back on issues that were unrelated to the client. Yeah, no, I well, you must have been, you and your people must have been very busy in the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, because it's an ongoing show. But congratulations, oh. I think Children's Services came out looking okay. They yeah. look like the heroes. Yep. You know, and um, very very bold approach, bold female spokespeople approaches, I thought that it was very effective because, you know, whether you're a cult or you're not a cult, nobody should be abusing children, period, end of story. Right, right. So, um, no, well, you know, hats off to you. How did you, did you grow up in the Boston area or did you just go to school there? I, I, went, I did my undergrad in Boston and my master's in New York and grew up actually outside of Detroit. Okay, now you went back home. Yep. Miss it, miss it, um, do you miss the eastern seaboard? I miss it quite a bit. Yeah, it's tough, tough to go back to Detroit after the Eastern Seaboard, but um, it's always there for you. You're not too far away. Exactly. I'm out there a lot. Um, we have a social marketing company called Buzzforia, and um, one of our, um, our our equity our equity partner has an office in New York. So, no, so you get you get back and forth to the East very frequently. Then, well, we go out there anyway for business. We have a lot of clients out there. Uh, no, well, Detroit has always been, you know, listen, you grew up in the area. Did you feel like you grew up with automobiles? I grew up fourth generation in the automotive industry. Okay, well, that gives you a leg up, too, going forward, because everybody needs to market cars. Exactly, exactly. Oh, uh, uh, well, no, that's that's fantastic. I could tell you have the Detroit accent, you know. It never oh, yeah, became no, too Bostonian. 
Well, Pak the Khan have a job. But, yeah, no, Detroit is like one of those. I love the fact that it's on the same time zone as New York, unlike Chicago. Exactly. Really exactly. kind of interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, business development because my listeners always like to hear tips and all of that kind of stuff. In our prior interview, we were talking about RFPs. Is it worth it? I mean, you know, if you're a small to mid-sized PR firm and, you know, you're looking at the RFPs like everybody else, is it worth it to give a shot or is it ultimately just a frustrating waste of time or, of course, C, depends on the client? <laughs> I think I think C depends on the client. I mean, for the most part, we as an agency pass on pass on RFPs. Um, I'm not into doing doing that whole cattle call. Uh, I, yeah, that's a good word for it. <laughs> um, you know, the times the times that we have done that we have done the RFPs um, have been worthwhile for us. But for the most part, um, I really shy away from them. I just I. I feel that when people are coming to us, I mean, you know, obviously I have a company called Shazam. Um, they're coming to us for something that's a little bit different than everything else that's out there. Right. And um, you can't compare apples to oranges. No, I, I think that's very true. It's um, it's a challenge for people who want to be players to, you know, sometimes take that step. And I think sometimes, my, you know, it's funny, I, I learned from doing a couple of them lately that I think that an RFP, or an RFP is a great foundation builder for a team. I think that there's more value in the way that it pulls everybody together and makes everybody do their part and feel like they were a part of something than in actually guaranteeing the business. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's a lot of it's a lot of hoop jumping. No, it is. It's a lot of hoop jumping and a lot of frustrations. And you know, I kind of always sort of pull different public relations people to see. Obviously, if you're a much bigger firm, you know, you have a bunch of interns that are trained on RFPism, right? So, which I don't think interns should be doing that kind of stuff no, by themselves no. anyway. But that's a whole different story. Um, do you okay? Viral marketing, SEO. How much do you incorporate that into what you do? Um, it's incorporated into everything that we do. Okay, keywords, all of that kind of stuff. Whenever people are writing press releases, you don't let it go out unless it has the appropriate keywords on it and all of that kind of stuff. Correct, correct. And then, you know, and then we marry in proactive, reactive blogging to reinforce what we're putting out there. Um, we we really, I mean, everything that we do now as an agency has an online component to it. Um, I found that some of the best media hits that we've that we've gotten for clients have come from a reporter doing online research and finding my client. No, I, and I think that's very good. It seems like you're very much ahead of the game. We actually have to wrap up the show in another minute. I, it always goes very fast. Yeah. always goes very, very fast. People want to find out about you. Do they go to you, um, www.shazam.com? Yep. S-H-A-Z-A-A-M. A. Oh, there's three A's, of course. Yep, three A's. Shazam.com. I'm sure, like, there's other Shazams that receive emails and misfires and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, like, or uh, they can go to PRGurus.com, too. That's usually easier. Oh, that's good, PRGurus.com. I think yep. that's easier. I'm glad you own it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, just one more thing. Do you ever get involved in any international business, and then we have to close? Absolutely. We do international business all the time. Okay, well, listen, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great day. 
Cindy, thanks you too. All right, take care. Okay. Bye-bye.